Hey, it's Podkist 162. Swim or sink? Oh, hot. All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be Podcast. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I'm joined by Gary Schaller. Hey, how's it going? Going very good. Swimmingly, in fact. Uh, Get it? Mention the cruise. Get it? Uh, And we are joined by the lovely, talented Julian Gill of KISS FAQ Podcast and All Things Cool. It's an honor and a privilege to be in the presence of both of you fine gentlemen. Likewise. Well, the last guy that said something like that, we had to pay. So, Well, the check did clear. Oh, well, good then. <laughs> yes, Thanksgiving is over. We're headed into Kissmas. And today we're going to call this episode Swim or Sink or The Leftovers. So there's a lot of things that have been going on over the last month that we haven't had a chance to talk about. So it's it's been a crazy couple weeks in the world of KISS, and I think that's something that we've become kind of used to. This is the greatest rock soap opera. I mean, it, it's, all, it's, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, Clark, right, Julian? Yeah, absolutely. And it has a weird way of being kind of intermittent, right? Like it, it, uh, like lots of good things, it comes in spurts. And uh, you Hot. know the uh, well, uh, uh, the, uh, the it, it's and, and and or it's like feast or famine. But lately, it's just been like a ton of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Gary, are you writing about in the kitchen or something? Uh, I am. I was. I was ambulating. I can also All right. be. Sit your uh, ass down and don't make my editing. Supine. Yeah. Don't make my editing problematic. You bastard. You. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting time, and I think we should start off the show talking about the Kiss Media Blitz pre-cruise right because it was just kind of crazy and i remember everybody was kind of like deflated and uh bummed out when america's got talent and it seemed like nothing happened after that right it was, yeah, there was it, a lag it was silence i mean it was like okay here's this great thing oh kiss is going out on tour and nothing mm-hmm. and you're like uh wait this is kiss kiss is going out on tour and we don't like ellipses in kiss world <laughs> I, I, whenever I type, I like to use ellipses because it makes me feel like I'm saying something important. It's the equivalent of taking off your glasses mid-conversation. I've, yeah. been, I've been accused <laughs> of having far too many ellipses in my books, and I just like to say it's because none of my thoughts are ever complete. <laughs> yeah. Someone like asked it. me on Kiss FAQ why I never use periods, and I say because I'm never done talking. <laughs> <laughs> I like to use ellipses when I'm speaking. Or at the because you could use <laughs> the elliptical tool. The, uh, the, uh, the, the elliptical bench, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah, there it. You. yeah, so everybody was kind of stunned that, that that's it. That was it. But it got people talking, right? Yeah. It was the key up to what was to come. And, you know, we figured, okay, maybe Fallon, but it it just, they were everywhere. And they continue to be everywhere. For example, they just played this on the Late Late Show with James Corbin. Check this out. One, two, 
I can't rock and roll all night and party every day with, with Kiss because it's kind of like the role models thing. I can only rock and roll part of the night and not every day, but you know, yeah. so it's kind of like that. But Kiss was everywhere. Where were you surprised to see them at Julian the most? Um, I wasn't because, to be perfectly honest, I haven't caught up on any of that stuff yet because everything started happening right into the lead up to the cruise. So I was already in Miami. So there were many things going on that were preventing me from watching any of these big Kiss media appearances and um, and and whatnot. So I am a complete like fly on the wall to hearing what went down between you two. Mm-hmm. Well, they did a town hall for Sirius XM, which I still haven't heard, and they did an iHeartRadio thing, which is available on YouTube, and you can watch an entire hour of Kiss being interviewed, and it's they actually, Gasp and Guffaw, do more than just the greatest hits interview. Like, I, Eric I, actually gets to talk. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I, um, as much as I love me some Gene and Paul, I, I like it when the whole band is represented. Yeah, me too. Or at least and, three quarters, at least. Yeah, and Kiss was on Good Morning America, and then there's a show on after Good Morning America, which is still branded. Uh, it's like Good Morning America Today or something. I don't know what the hell it's called, but Kiss were on. And they actually gave away two tickets and plane tickets for the cruise. They picked a, a couple right out of the audience. They were, and that was actually real. For anyone who doubts those contests, who thinks, oh, that was just some uh, BS thing, those people were on the cruise without a doubt. That's awesome. Because we were actually in a group that did meet them and uh, they were they were very, very cool people. Just able to pick up and go. That was, I think, one of the prerequisites to it. Uh, so it was legit giveaway, not some uh, just TV moment. Mm. And they seemed it, very, very touched and very excited. Yeah, it was an incredible moment. I know that I was like flabbergasted and I don't you know, who says that word in 2018 but uh, seriously, I was shocked. Yeah, I, I was enjoying it. And I think that one of the things that it, it speaks to that, um, you know, if you go through history and you watch all the interviews and TV appearances, particularly maybe since the reunion, there's been such a change in how, uh, I don't know, there was a time where Kiss would almost have to talk about or or prove their legendary status. And now it's just that they're legends and it, they're presented as legends. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, there's the weird embracing of Kiss, you know, just culturally, right? Because mm -hmm. I, it's weird. You know, I, I was going to church a couple of years ago, and when Kiss was doing the Freedom Rock tour, it was like the, the Christians were like, "Oh, we like Kiss. They they support the troops." And it's like you guys were what? burning their <laughs> albums uh, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> yep. <laughs> or months yep, ago, yep. or years ago. You know, it just seemed very strange. So they're ingrained. Um, they're ingrained now so deeply in the popular psyche, you know, popular culture psyche of America, Americana, that mm -hmm. they transcend legend much more than really they justify. So they are just a part of the fabric. They are the the crumb in the couch. They are just there, and that's the wonderful thing now to see at this late stage of their career that they literally are everywhere yeah mm -hmm. and it's it's very strange to go from this thing that was like so culturally shocking at the time whether it was real or or wanted you know what i'm saying because 
a rock band kind of thrives on that image, right? Oh, we're badasses. We're dangerous. We're scary. You know, your parents don't like us. To being embraced as a family act during the Dynasty tour, which Kiss hated, but now all those little kids are growing up and they're bringing their little kids and their little, little kids and, you know, grandparents and grandkids on the same concert. So it's just amazing. But we got to see them on Jimmy Fallon and they did Shout It Out Loud. And then they did The Late Late Show with James Corbin. And they did Love Gun on Jimmy Fallon. And they did Shout It Out Loud on James Corbin. Their end of the road tour kicks off this coming January. You do not want to miss them performing Love Gun. Give it up for Kiss.
They sounded almost too good. Uh, is this the elephant in the room? No, we're getting to that later. Okay. Here's something uh, good about both of those songs is that they did Love Gun and they did Shout It Out Loud. They did not do Rock and Roll All Night. They did not do Lick It Up. They did not do something predictable. I would never have predicted them doing Love Gun on TV. I never yeah. would have actually predicted them doing Shout It Out Loud, though that's a really, really good pick, uh, as much as I've always said that it's not one of my favorite songs. It's so catchy, it's a great representation of the band. So there, shock you. They did not mm-hmm. do what you expected them to do on live TV. Uh, you know, So, no Detroit Rock City. Power to Kiss for mixing it up on TV for once. Yeah. Shock me. Shock you. Danger you, danger me. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, danger I, us. I also- I also think that it speaks to something that you know they've been saying for a long time, but now it, it's very evident that uh, Kiss is more than a gimmick. And the reason why I, I think that that's, we know that, we've known that for a long time. 
But I think that the reason why it's so evident now is something that uh, that one of you said earlier, which is, uh, it, you, I think, Ken, you said it used to be this sort of shocking thing, you know, uh, Kiss when they first started with the makeup and the, the notoriety and upsetting to churches, et cetera. Um, and there's only so long that a, a, a thing can be shocking or disruptive in society. The fact that they've continued to hang out and become this sort of like, like a, Julian says, the crumb in the couch, right, uh, means that it goes beyond just the initial thrill or the shock or disruption. It's something that is more enduring, which I, I think when, also is about the good music. Too, but, you know, yeah. what do I know? Even when you think about it, Elvis became legitimate early on in his career. I mean, come on, the hips. You know, it was banned this, you know, not acceptable. Yeah. And look what he was towards the end of his career. Though I don't think he was expecting that to be the end of his career. I mean, he was up on the same sort of pedestal of popularity or at least uh, acceptance across the uh, the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Very kind much. of got into that same spot that Sinatra was, where anyone could see him. I think that that similarly, there's a kind of cross-generational thing, the act that you mentioned, um, where there's something a little timeless or a little... um, The 70s includes Kiss. That was a big part of the 70s, but I don't think of them... I don't look at them and say that's a very 70s look necessarily. Or even even a lot of it a 70s sound. So um, I think that's a part of it, similarly to, say, Sinatra or or the Beatles or Elvis. Mm Mm-hmm. But the good news is if you want to see any of this stuff, now it's all over YouTube, and uh, it, it's all out there. And we have a lot of it on the podcast Facebook page. And in our last episode thread about costumes, we had a lot of really fun feedback about that episode. And a lot of people enjoyed geeking out with us, Gary, about the mm-hmm. Kiss costume. Now, now that we've seen the boots, what do you think? Julian, what do you think about the costumes overall? And then we'll just talk about the boots for a second well i got to see them in action so my 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 opinion on it's a little bit more biased i wasn't initially that impressed with tommy's outfit i was very concerned that it it just looked a little bit plastic and formless and just too Uh angular but in person it looked great it moved well it was far improved boots paul wins Paul's got the coolest boots ever. Um, mm, yeah. and Paul's whole costume looks incredible. He he and come on, he he fits it well. So um, you know, more power to him on what he's looking like at sixty six years old. Gene, his costume from the front is fantastic. His boots and the detail in it. You may have seen some of the photos that are being shared on Facebook now mm-hmm. of close ups of his boots. The detail work that has gone into that costume is amazing. Now, I do have issues. I was shooting the second show, and I did get some angles of him sideways where it did look like it was just one big black diaper he's wearing. There are some areas to fill in that they may want to just take a look at how how it, how he moves now that they've had a concert and uh, people viewing from different angles. And Eric, you couldn't see enough of him behind that monster drum kit. But you know what? Eric's always been cool, no matter how he's dressed. So the costumes, big win for me. I, I'm actually much happier now. I've seen them. In, in performance than I was when I saw mm-hmm. the, the initial photographs and then followed by the boots. Um, Tommy's boots look good as well. Uh, that's another. Oh, they look point. killer. I, yeah. I love the yeah. I love the lightning flash up the side. There's lots of, little, cool. lots of little elements throughout them that just harken back to different periods. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know you're looking at Kiss. So Gary, now that we've seen all the boots, your your thoughts, and now that you've seen them move, your thoughts. My thought is that uh, there will be a small but fun vintage Kiss 
surprise, and I know exactly what it's going to be, for the podcast listener or listeners who submit to us a recording of their version of the song Black Diaper um, to the tune of Black Diamond, where you change the lyrics and it's about Gene's new costume. So get 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 cracking on get crackalacking, listeners. Because Thanks a lot, a, Gary. Thank you so much. Black diaper. Black diaper. You know, and you know what it's going to sound like. Okay, so get get moving on that, folks. Okay, we are depending on you. Get it? Diaper depend. Well, it yeah. depends oh. if we're depending uh, on them, right? All right. Uh, what do I think? I really like. I like the whole aesthetic. I really like it. Um, I do think that. Yeah, I agree that Jean's costume looks a little better from the front than it does from other angles. I would. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw it evolve over the course of the tour. That tends to be the case when, like, Gene gets pretty ambitious with his armor or his chest piece or whatever, and then, I don't know, find something more wearable or more practical as tours go on. It's, it, we've, we've seen it over and over again throughout history. The boots kick major ass. The boots are great, and uh, I think that's, that's across all four guys. I really uh, I appreciate the fact, and I said this last time too, that they went the extra mile to, to do this. I really enjoy knowing that KISS are still sometimes engaged in the creative process of, of, of uh, celebrating what they do and bringing us something a little novel. So I, I uh, kudos to, to the four of you guys. I appreciate that you did new costumes, not taken for granted. Yeah, seriously, it, it's kind of like anytime Paul wears anything extra, whether it be feathers or a vest, that that's only going to last the first couple songs or so, and then that yeah. gets chucked off. And with Gene, every tour, it starts out looking like this, but by the third or fourth date, it's it's this. So mm-hmm. we, we will see that evolution, I'm sure. But it does look like a ponderous thing. And yeah. he's, he's definitely got to wear something black underneath the costume, because it looks like someone's got a turkey in the oven or something. It's just... It, the the skin showing through there looks very weird. But anyway. Julian, was was that happening live? Was there the skin showing? No, there wasn't any skin showing because he's he's he, That was on the Corbin show. Yeah, no, in concert he was totally wrapped up. I mean it was just a blackout curtain underneath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, very good. So we all bought tickets. Tickets went on sale. We all lost our damn minds. We got our codes and it was calamity. I'd never had to use Ticketmaster like this before. They've made a few more hoops. Uh, you know, I could tell you what you should do next time you have to buy KISS tickets, but it's not really going to help you because next you'll have to do a retina scan or something. But <laughs> when the next batch of tickets go on sale and there's a, a KISS Army code, you're going to want to be logged into Ticketmaster, make sure that everything's taken care of. And it was very weird because it actually took over my screen at some point and said, you have to now wait in line. And it was just very bizarre. And I'm just sitting there panicking. And uh, a lot of us were doing this, right, Gary? Yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to get tickets until that night uh, mm-hmm. because it was such a, a hassle. I tried from my work computer and that wasn't working. I think probably just because of like dumb firewalls and garbage. Mm-hmm. No, even at home, it was it was very difficult. I had multiple like browser windows open. I had different platforms I was trying. I was on the phone with my brother. We wanted six tickets, and there was a four-ticket limit for the pre-sale. And uh, so it, just coordinating the whole thing was a drag. And yes, there's these sort of extra steps that you have to go through um, 
of uh, you have to join the Kiss Army and then you have to get a code and the code you have to type it. I mean, it was. Well, not only that, there was the thing where it would say, "Hey, do you want to do the meet and greet if for only you know one one thousand right. bucks or whatever the hell it was?" And you'd have to make sure that you unclicked the clacks, right? You had to unclick the clicks to make yep. sure that you weren't. Uh, selling your firstborn and things like that and all of you know you're trying to do this at a very fast pace and not screw everything up it's just buying a a ticket to a concert should not be that difficult but at this point you're not just buying tickets anymore right now julian kiss made sure that the, the kiss cruisers got access to this as well what was your experience on your way to the boat and being down there, what what was it like being on the road trying to buy the KISS tickets? Well, you called it a retina scan. I'm going to call it a rectal probe. Um, <laughs> it was uh, just a major disappointment for me. They went above and beyond by getting the cruisers pre-sale codes that Doc later told us in the meet and greet. Uh, they had reserved you know, first three rows basically for cruisers, which we now know why, but that's uh, another topic for later. But I couldn't use my code from the Holiday Inn in Miami. The whatever the the Wi-Fi there was obviously two people hitting it with the same IP address, so it just got totally blocked off. Switched to my phone again, same cell tower in the area, blocked me out. Uh, went off my laptop, couldn't do it. So I didn't get to use any of my pre-sale codes, um, either the Kiss Army or the Kiss Cruiser, and I ended up having to just buy a platinum ticket because I want to be at the first show and I wanted to be. F- uh, you know, as close to front row as I possibly could get. I didn't get it, and I'm more than annoyed at it that it's a technological fail. And you know, come on, I had multiple devices, multiple ways of doing it, and I couldn't get anything. Couldn't get anything once I was on the boat. And I know that there were quite a few people that were in the same boat, literally and figuratively. But it is what it is. You know, they they did try, and I know that a lot of people got good seats and got what they wanted and got the number of seats that they wanted, and I just had to give my codes away to some other people so that they could hopefully benefit where I lost out. So I had to buy platinum tickets for Vancouver and Sacramento, and that's my lot in life. Mm. I'll see you in Sac. Yeah, and we'll have a fantastic time regardless. You know, again, it's not ultimately what it what occurred is that when doc tells you in the meet and greet how they've done this wonderful thing for you and you're sitting there with your hands empty saying but i couldn't use it again it's like and he said well we want everyone to be happy so i actually emailed him i followed him up on that and we'll see if he ever responds i do not expect any response whatsoever because that's you know it's all usually just words and with so many people being satisfied with it i have to remind myself yet again i am going to a kiss concert that has yeah. to be the be-all, end-all of the reason why I'm doing this and why I care. I'm going to a KISS concert. I'm going to be on the floor with a, you know, several thousand of my closest brothers and sisters from other mothers. You know, So bigger picture is you're going to be at a KISS concert. You're going to be close. Is it what I wanted? No. But just shut up and enjoy what I did get. No, that's, that's valid. And, I, and I'll, I'll say, too, that um, you know, my suspicion is that uh, Kiss didn't want to make it hard either. I mean, it was, it was kind or generous of them to, you know, to try to facilitate something. I, I, I suspect that neither Doc nor the members of the band um, had too much control over how uh, difficult it wound up being. You know, that said, um, it's one of those times through, you know, throughout the, the course of this band's life 
where you see, um, you know, we think of them as like a band that really wants to take people's money, right? Not that there's something wrong with that. But, um, geez, why does it have to be so hard to, to get at our dollar, right? We, we're trying to throw money at you. Make it as easy as possible, please, for your sake. Well, again, Ticketmaster is a beast unto itself, and I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah and, and, and Ticketmaster makes the whole process very unpalatable. It is not fun getting tickets for any concert through them um, with all of these captures and things that you have uh-huh. to jump through, making sure that, you're, like you said, we're logged in. Try to do it on the app. Absolutely impossible. And they also screwed up. Ticketmaster did. And this is, you know, most of my complaints have nothing to do with KISS. Mm-hmm. It's Ticketmaster's fault is that the KISS crew's pre-sales were supposed to go on sale, I think, at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. But they weren't on sale for dates in California or other markets. It's like, what's going on with that? Either they're all on sale at that time and have nothing to do with time zone because none of the Sacramento dates were coming up with any pre-sale options. And I was originally going to go to five concerts. So, you know, they lost out on three tickets for me. That's interesting. Wait, so 10 a.m. on on Wednesday or Friday? On, on the Wednesday, whatever day we sailed. And, you know, it's all a little bit of a blur now because it was going on sale at the same time that we were all heading to the boat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it was 9 a.m. Eastern was uh, what time I was, 9 or 10. I, I don't remember now because there's been a lot of alcohol between then and now. <laughs> and good music. So I'd just like to sing this song to Ticketmaster. Fuck you! So there you go. Could have been so much easier, and I hope they get this streamlined somehow. Uh, But such as it is. So the Kiss Cruise happened. Julian, you were there, and thank you, and thank Mike Brown, and thank Joseph Polo. So many people for keeping us all updated, because it was great to actually be part of it via social media. So thank you. Yes, and for those of us who are on the boat unable to use any of the Wi-Fi or Internet bandwidth, courtesy of those two aforementioned people, um, we don't thank you. But, you know, sharing with the Kiss Army, (laughs) saturating bandwidth with your uploads, I was like, I know what's going on here. I can't get to the Kiss FAQ to see if I have to ban anyone today because someone's uploading video for the fans to enjoy. It was a a very difficult position to be in. Well, Well... we, we, we thank you all nonetheless that uh, you all have to share, folks. But it was amazing. Lucky for Chris and for myself, everyone behaved pretty well in your absence. So mm-hmm. yeah. it wasn't too bad. Uh, yeah, I, I'll also say that um, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about this first few rows thing that you mentioned. You said, well, now I know why they uh, reserved those first few rows for the, the cruisers. Well, th- this kind of, and, and Ken, forgive me because it preempts maybe how, how you were handling this conversation. Oh, sorry. But, no, sorry. no, it's fine. It's fine. But what this year's Kiss Cruise appears to have been to me is a whole series of bribes um, given particularly to Kiss Cruisers in lieu of what ended up being a, a rather um, limp set list for the electric shows. So... When I say that the reservation of the first three rows of tickets for Kiss Cruiser pre-sales is a bribe, it's a bribe for what they got as the, the live show on the boat. 
that here are some here's uh, you know here's some additional good tickets for you to enjoy on the end of the road tour in uh, payment for you having witnessed essentially what was a rehearsal for the said tour, and you know some of the other things that happened during the um, the cruise itself. So that's where that comes from, Gary. Well, I, and I think that um, boy, I hate to say these words, but uh, this is one of those moments where they're finally showing their age. And I don't think that that is a bad thing. Um, but I think that there is something spry and youthful about being able to do what they've done on former cruises, even as recently as last year, which is to spring a bunch of um, you, you know rarities onto an audience, um, to be flexible, to kind of push the envelope. This felt uh, like a retirement. It felt more like, um, it, yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't have the same uh, energy. Felt more like uh, the end of the road. It did, and that's not to say that the performance itself was unenthusiastic or. Um, well, I mean, I wasn't there, but just watching the videos, it, it, you know, they. They put on a good show, their kiss, you know, and I remember some lackluster moments back in 2000 when I saw them live and that was, you know, 18 years ago. But uh, the show itself was fine, energetic and all, but the, the, but what went into it and the, you know, what they gave in terms of the set list in particular, was really uh, unfortunate, I think. And, and there again lies part of the problem. Um, in terms of a Kiss Cruise set list, particularly comparing it with the five stunning gems that they performed last year, this year's, even though it was 20 songs long, was absolutely flaccid. But you go through that set list and look at each one of the songs. You look at each one of the errors that's represented. You've got the originals error. You've got, uh, you don't have Dynasty or Unmasked, that's interesting, but you, you've got the Unmasked error well represented with, um, and also the, the non-originals with, you know, the I Love It Loud, the Lick It Up, the Heavens on Fire. Say yeah, I mean, come on. Th that, I guess, is now officially a Kiss classic, according to Paul Stanley. And I say yeah to say yeah. I, you know, I was, I was happy with that. Psycho Circus is obviously now a Kiss classic in his mind, and Hell or Hallelujah. So it really represented the whole gamut of kiss errors that the end of the road tour is going to have to represent so i understand how they come about with this and it's a great set each one of those songs we're supposed to love never ever forget that moment no matter what set list the band performs if you're a kiss fan you're supposed to love the kiss catalog and to enjoy hearing each one of these songs maybe with one or two exceptions it's just you know personal tastes of i don't happen to like lick it up and it's extended torturous middle section anymore but you me, know everyone, me neither. everyone's got their favorites you know song two deuce i'm a happy guy i've said it so many times that's my one got to have song and mm -hmm. i'm thrilled and then they throw in let me go rock and roll for good measure for, which for me just you know makes me giddy so as a set no it's not the same as five rarities but i also get the logic that they have to try out this set and some of the technical things that are going on in the background on a very very picky audience before they take it on the road in january let me ask you because what you said made made perfect sense now let me ask you um the uh, the tone among audience members on the boat itself, 
were people did people seem disappointed? I mean, certainly like, you know, you, you read and you look and you watch and nobody's standing there booing. No, no. And uh, I was at show one. And the South American fans went mental, celebrating parts of the show, doing their olays, chanting Tommy when Paul celebrated, you know, Tommy 17 to 18 years with the band. Mm. Uh, th- there was no lack of energy from the band on stage. There was no lack of response or interaction between the band and the audience. Paul Stanley remains the ringmaster supreme. He, you know, cajoled, he joked. There was camaraderie on stage between the members. You know, Paul at one point was trying to get Gene to talk, and you know, which was a very odd moment because you generally just don't see that in a show. So, from all of those components, you know, the the respect that uh, Paul was paying to Tommy, and mm. Eric was mad all night as usual. But you know, he hates his sound, man. Um, but you know, from from those perspectives. You know, it was fascinating to be on a fly on the wall. People uh, on the boat, though, was there was a disappointment. They're like, that's it. You know, I was actually texting some friends during the show and we're like, throw in a rarity now and we can save this. Come on. Now's the perfect time for that rarity. Come right. Just one rarity. And then you get to the end and the lights come up and there's just like an exhale because they didn't come back out. Like they did a couple of cruises ago and rip into eye, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, made you, made you sit through all that. You know, that's our test. Thanks so much for coming out and, you know, seeing what we're going to be doing on the end of the road. Now here's a gem that we've never done for any audience before. And the lights right. just come up and it's all right, get out. So there, there was a definite downer, but there was also people dancing with each other, filming each other, singing along to songs. So there wasn't a riot. Right. It, 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 there's a dichotomy here, you know, between yes. the enjoyment of the show and the desire for the rarities that you've come to expect on a Kiss Cruise. So somewhere in the middle is the reality that you're enjoying a show with 1,250 close friends from other countries that you've never met before. Yes, you're not quite getting all the songs that you've kind of come to expect for paying a very high premium of going on the Kiss Cruise. Very bizarre. Yeah. Let me ask also, were there any moments uh, where any members of Kiss acknowledged any of this, talked about it at all? I, I mean, I, w- I would imagine that's a big no. Um, it's a big yes. Right at the beginning of the show, Paul comes out and says straight up, uh, here are some songs that we've been rehearsing for oh, the yeah. tour. Yeah, so, right. he, yeah. he, you know, it was only after the fact when I listened again that I caught that. I didn't catch it on, on the day. I only caught it the second night uh, mm-hmm. when I was in for the first three songs, uh, shooting some photographs. And then it was like, OK, well, straight from the get go, he let us know what they were doing and the reason why they were doing it. And then everything else fell into place with Ace Frehley being on the cruise with the Gene Simmons band and doing all these rarities and Bruce Kulick being on the cruise, doing all the rarities and the Dead Daisies being on the cruise, doing Kiss covers. Right. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, snap. Now it makes sense. They gave us tickets. They gave us this. They gave us that because they knew they always were planning on testing this set on us in, in order to see what our reaction was either to the magic or, you know, to maybe some of the other things that, you know, personal opinion about songs and whatnot. Now, I wonder if this is maybe a good time to talk about what in particular they may have been testing out, because certainly they don't need to test out those songs. Every single one of them has been played 
you know, hundreds, if not thousands, if not whatever's of times. Because like you said, there was nothing new or rare in that set list. I mean, not even not even rare in the sense of going back to like playing, uh, oh, I don't know, nothing to lose, right? Which doesn't come up that often, or she. Uh, I would say the, the rarest track was probably... Uh, Hotter Than Hell. I would say Hotter Than Hell into Hell and Hallelujah, but then Heaven's on Fire. All of them starting with H. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But that's not what they were testing out. No, what they were testing out, and I have absolutely zero proof. Uh, It is opinion. It is, you know, it is non-factual. It is from what I saw with my eyes or what I think I saw with my eyes. And I'd had one beer, by the way, Um, (laughs) that night was that... And I've used this phrase in the review that I posted that the morning after the show on uh, Facebook and on the message board. I, I coined the phrase sonic lube, that there seems to be something in the background that is not malicious or nefarious of intent that is being used to buttress, in particular, Paul's voice. Um It is the elephant in the room. We know that there have been issues with the strength of Paul's voice. And when he spoke at certain points, you could still hear that the challenges are very clearly there. And they were very clearly the same as when I saw the band in April of 2017. So what it appeared was that they're not lip-syncing a concert. That is certainly farthest from what my opinion was of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But that there were doublings or triplings or maybe turning down Paul in certain areas and replacing that with samples. And I, and again, I don't know what the magic is that was done because he sounded very strong, very acceptable throughout the whole of the show. So unless Paul has had a miraculous recovery to the issues that have afflicted him for essentially the last decade, um, all of a sudden he was sounding very, very passable and acceptable uh, throughout both of these shows. And there was a consistency between both of the shows. And again, I was in for the first three and a half songs of night two as well. uh, And it was nearly identical to the first, even though one song had been moved around in the set order. So whatever they, whatever they have done, is it MIDI sampling? You know, I I don't want to even try and get into the technical terms that these guys would be using. There is additional seasoning going on there to support him much more so than Eric and Tommy taking additional um, backing vocals because there were times where you could watch Tommy and you could see his mouth moving, counting off like they were playing, you know, some people said to a click track or something through their their in-ear monitors. There was times when Eric screaming at his sound man, and, and we don't know what he's screaming. Uh, but there are also times where Paul was clearly off mic and you're hearing Paul Stanley backing vocals. So it's not an egregious abuse because Paul still has weaknesses in areas where Paul has weaknesses, but they've been firmed up in order to make the whole show a much more, uh, and I want to choose my words carefully here, a palatable experience. I came out of that show thinking that was a very, very good show. That was enjoyable show, you know, regardless of not getting any rarities. The performance was great. The songs were dynamic. There was power back in the vocals. Paul interacted with the with the audience. He you can't lip sync to raps. Just not going to work. So where he's talking to the audience, 
uh, it was clear. It made it much more pleasurable. So, you know, it, it's, it's the difference between a bit of seasoning and overdoing it. They did not overdo whatever they did. And you know what? If they did nothing and there has been a miracle, well, so be it. There has been, and it's all good. I'm sure people can still pick apart the songs and the set on a case-by-case basis, especially as more and more video surfaces from the performances. But uh, in person, it was a vast improvement on the last KISS show I went to. I guess that a lot of people have been using Heavens on Fire as their... KISS fans would be watching Heavens on Fire like they're the Zapruder films, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's one time where he's singing and... It's like he does a shout, and he like pulls away from the mic, but it's still there. Now I know from playing guitar, and from uh, you know, if you use an effect, you can put some delay on something. You know what yep. I mean? Like you've you can, always you can heard... have delay, you can have echo, you can multi-layer. I, I mean, there's there's so many tricks of the trade that you can do to make it more powerful, more sustained. But it's kind of like if you go back to. Uh, Alive too, you you hear the same kind of thing, you know, where yeah, and it keeps ringing out even after the person has stopped saying it. So, on that level, I don't know if that is actual lip syncing or what's going on. I, I I wish I wish we knew, right? On the other hand, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. You kind of don't want to know. I don't want to know. I what I want to be able to say is that whatever was done made the listening experience more pleasurable to me. And that is just my opinion. Every fan is going to have their own opinion. But for every fan who has criticized the sound of the concert over the past decade and maybe considering going, I think if you shut your eyes and enjoy the experience, remember that this is going to be the end of the road. What are the final memories that you want to have of seeing and hearing what you profess to be your favorite band? What do you want? Do you want it to be a 2012 or 2013 um, vocal performance, which really um, was, was pretty challenged? Uh, or would you like them to have done whatever they need to in order to make it acceptable for the masses and more importantly to us who kind of notice all of these you know for me the most important thing is getting an opportunity to say a fond farewell to this band that's been such an incredible part of um of the soundtrack to my life since i was five six years old i don't know I know that paul's going to be up there he's going to be doing some singing we're going to be hearing times where it's pre-recorded vocals we're going to be hearing him singing and talking live as well the same thing happened the most recent times that i saw roger waters in concert and to be honest with you i wouldn't trade that for anything um it was more important for me to be to see this you know to see roger waters to this legend to hear what he had to say to hear what he had to sing to see the spectacle of 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 the the concert presentation the visuals the whole the whole experience um, and if it meant that some of the high, the higher vocal parts were pre-recorded, well, it's not like I was listening to the actual album of The Wall or Dark Side. This was a concert. If this was any other tour, if this was 2016, if this was t- uh, 2005, if this was 1985, you know, it, it would be different. But this is this is it, and I'll take I'll take it, 
because it means that they're more comfortable. It's going to sound better. Um, he doesn't have to struggle. He's not doing more damage. Um, and the people I go with are going to have a, maybe a better time for it. Well, you'll have to figure out what you think for yourself. That's kind of a rare thing in 2018. We're actually telling you think what you will, right? You know, <laughs> As opposed to, here's my opinion, and it is law. I, I honestly don't know what's going on. But it, it does seem like there's some sweetening of something going on. Yeah, and it, again, I'm not calling shenanigans on any of this. It, and people will have to – I know some people have already said, forget it, I'm out. I don't want anything to do with it. But I, again, I just don't see or hear the full-scale kind of lip-syncing or the Milli Vanilli um, kind of mentality towards it. I, I really feel – and you know, just from my perspective – that it's being done in a more organic and respectful manner. Put the support where the support is needed um, for any of them. I mean, we don't know exactly what it takes to put this show together. And as you said, we don't want to see behind the curtain. I know some people do. I don't. I think ignorance is bliss. I think if I can come out of this show saying that was a great performance, same with the Sail Away show. It was the same thing um, that... I came out of that Sail Away show absolutely blown away by how strong and powerful Paul's voice was and how enjoyable the whole thing had been, having been to some of these mini acoustic sets um, as parts of meets and meet and greets pr mm -hmm. prior. So if I come out with a much happier memory of Paul Stanley, then for me as a guy who became a fan of Kiss because of Paul Stanley, I'll take it. I will take that in a moment and I won't complain about being in the third row versus the first. Well, let's talk a little bit about that Sail Away show, because there's really four bands that I want to talk about today. Like, there's Kiss Proper, and then there's the six-man Sail Away show. We finally got six-man Kiss, right? So, uh, dream came true for some people. They got to see that. They actually got to be at a uh, Unplugged 2, in a sense, right? I didn't see that coming, and I, I know there have been complaints about this set list as well, but you know what? When Paul Stanley came out on stage and basically said, let's start this where it all kind of started and ripped into Coming Home, I've heard Coming Home before, acoustic. I was like, oh my God, I'm on Kiss Cruise 8 with 2,500 Kiss Maniacs. They're playing Coming Home, and Ace and Bruce are on the boat, and we don't know what might happen or might not happen. So I, I was just I was grinning from ear to ear throughout the whole of that Sail Away show. Number one, because I was finally on a Kiss Cruise, and I've thought about doing it you know, a couple of times over the years before finally pulling the trigger this year. Uh, but to be there and to witness that set, I know they've done a lot of these songs before, so if you've been on the cruise eight times, none of this is that exciting to you, perhaps, until it gets towards the end where the fun really does start. Mm -hmm. But for people even if you've been to meet and greets to be a part of that moment to have paul sounding as great as paul did and it, i i saw far fewer kind of pointers to any uh lube during the sail away than i did during the electric show and you know i i would like to think that i ha have a good uh, kind of attention to where people are in terms of mic placement and whatnot mm -hmm. uh, the power just the power. He sounded fantastic. I, yeah, I was just. I, I didn't I was see giddy. anything that made me think that there was any tampering with anything on the acoustic set. No, I. And if there was, I don't care. 
I really don't care because it was just so good, the performance and the set list. And there were gems that they performed in that set that do so much assuage the blandness of the electric set. When you do think about it, that they did Flaming Youth acoustically, yeah. Kind of amazing. For me. Shall we attempt this? Shall we attempt Flaming Youth? Okay, whatever goes wrong, you want it. of this cruise despite Ace Fraley being there despite Kiss being there was Bruce Kulick and and his band 
and he brought something let me put it this way every time i saw bruce on the cruise and again i've only seen it through youtube whether it was him sitting in on a panel or him being part of the six-man kiss unplugged set or just his sets it was just fantastic and amazing and that is that is he's such a great guy and it really shines through with everything but not only that in his professionalism and uh, when he got up on stage with kiss and was playing part of that sail away show it was amazing there's this incredibly wonderful version of domino that bruce plays on they weren't really happy with how they ended so they did the ending again and gene of course botch the words beyond all control if you're gonna fix anything fix that right <laughs> you know I, I i think they they need larger text on their auto cues yeah <laughs> that could be but uh, bruce kulik just nailed it let's let's check out domino from the kiss cruise bruce! So, once upon a time Dean, a, my name's Domino. Dean. There was a lead guitarist. Go ahead, give it away. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a lead guitarist in the band named Bruce. Bruce Kulik. So, Bruce, what are you doing here? Bruce was on the cruise and he had this amazing band doing songs we never play anymore. And uh, they're back and you're going to hear them play some songs that we don't even know how to play anymore. And they play them, they play them really awesome. So it's great to have Bruce here, it's great to have his band here. This is, this is feeling really good. So I don't remember the lyrics. You'll, you'll help me. Let's sing it in Norwegian. Bruce, save us. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Bruce, Tommy, save us. He starts it. Two, three,
lot of fun in that set a lot of fun there it looks like you guys were tearing it up it, it had to be kind of surreal to see this and then ace fraley joins them what were you thinking when when all this was coming down well first of all i never thought i would see domino performed acoustically with bruce Kulick joining the band bruce has always been the mvp he's just the most reliable person in history by bar none so when he came on stage for those two songs, I was like, I was thrilled because I missed the revenge lineup. I never got to see them. So anytime I see Bruce on stage with Kiss, it's a good thing. And then Ace comes on. I'm even more flabbergasted because one of the best things that happened with both of these appearances, the six man kiss, is that it was the six man kiss. And Tommy Thayer stayed on stage and wasn't forced off to the side in any way that his position in the band was respected by both Bruce and by Ace, mm -hmm. and all of them were able to then do 2000 Man, New York Groove, culminating in Nothing to Lose and Rock and Roll All Night. Uh, it was just an amazing moment. It was like being, the, I, I don't know if I can say it was like being there in 1995 when it was you know the original six-man reunion, uh, which obviously included Peter, but it was... Uh, an amazing moment in history to have the six members and Ace joining the band again on stage. I value that so much. I, um, I'm, I'm a sentimental old fool, but pictures, you know, pictures like that and video like that of, of all those guys on a stage together really it, it chokes me up, makes me feel really happy. Same here. Uh, and it was great to see the interaction between Tommy and Bruce. I mean, there's times where Bruce is singing and he doesn't have a mic in front of him. And at some point, Tommy realizes, wait, Bruce should be singing this. So he like, come on, get in here. And they're on the mic together. And it was just a great moment. And there's times where you see like Tommy and uh, Ace fist bumping one another and stuff like that. It's just for all the keyboard warriors, those kind of moments supersede all of that nonsense. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, all the drama we invent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. they invent too. I mean, whether it's Paul saying something in an interview or Ace saying something about reclaiming his throne and all this stuff, you know, it's it it is the greatest soap opera in history, but it was such a great moment to see them do rock and roll night together, the the six of them. It was really neat how they ended it and i was completely shocked and flabbergasted julian what was your thoughts because i'm telling you as a guy sitting on his couch and they unplug gene's bass and they take it and he hands it out into the crowd then paul does the same thing with his guitar and then gene's going up to tommy and ace like go ahead give up give away your guitar give away your guitar were you shocked when you saw that they were giving away the guitars like that? I was uh, deeply concerned, to be honest, in this day and age. You just yeah. can't do that. It is not safe to hand anything into the audience. It always becomes a scrum. It became, a, you know, it teetered on the brink of becoming a very dangerous situation, even with such a small crowd. So um, it was a fun gesture, and I'm glad it went off. Um, but I, I hope. We just don't can't see those things anymore. You know, the the smashing guitars and throwing it into the audience. No, it just takes one person to get their fingers around a guitar string. God, I sound like an old man. But you are. It it is it is true now that <laughs> that safety is a concern and people will get literally mugged in a crowd for anything that they catch. You know, so it's one it's it's one of those things that uh, it was a great moment to kind of see, but one of uh, one that was a you know got my blood pressure up a little bit. So. Uh, don't do it again, boys. It actually touched my heart, and I, I I was glad to see Paul say that only one person can get it, so, you know, figure it out. But it...
out good because it was a really cool moment for me but again i wasn't uh fighting for a guitar neck so <laughs> yeah you know you know what I'm, I'm pretty sure paul stanley had regrets instantaneously as did gene once they uh had kind of done that when they saw the reaction in the crowd uh, so just amazing though so then we have the ace fraley band and just an incredible set list as far as content. Uh, some of the performances were lacking, but that's that's any live performance. There's always that possibility of things sliding off the rails. But what an incredible set list, huh, Julian? Absolutely amazing. Ace comes out on stage and does, ah, I'm back, and into, you know, save your love. Uh, who saw? I didn't see that coming. I've been wanting to hear that song for years and years and years in its entirety, and it's one of my all-time favorite Ace Frehley songs. And it's one I was actually rehearsing for the jam session as well. So I've been listening and playing it a lot um, over the past month and a half. Absolutely amazing. The set list. He's the ace, and we can talk about. Uh, technical perfection but does anyone actually ever really talk about technical perfection and ace really in the same sentence it has never been a case of technical perfection what it was always so magical about ace was his 
don't give a damn attitude and I'm the ace that he was unpredictable. You never knew if he was going to stand up or fall over. And it was a bit like that with his playing. His playing always teetered on the brink of coming off the tracks. So all of those songs that, you know, married up with the Gene Simmons band guys, where he's got a strong backing group, it's clear that they needed a bit more rehearsal, but what they delivered... Well, hold on a second. The band didn't need rehearsal. (laughs) No, the the band didn't, but they needed Ace to to be be a little bit more at the rehearsals, because they were were there, they were ready, Um, but I do see some areas where they can definitely back Ace up a bit stronger, and maybe that'll only become apparent now that they've actually gone through several shows with him. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't doubt that they'll they'll revert back to doing a little bit more standardized sets for Ace that he's more comfortable with. But I'm impressed that he was willing to try. I mean, pulling out songs like Two Sides of the Coin, uh, the full Torpedo Girl, stuff that he's kind of teased, you know, mm-hmm. uh, throughout his career. Dark Light, that was on the set for the first night, but got cut. And it was on the second night set, and I'm listening back. I was videoing from way up high, and I am just geeking out when he does that one, just to see and hear Ace doing elder riffs the way he wants to do them. And he couldn't see his lyrics, and he didn't know his lyrics. Uh, But it was fun, nonetheless. And I I think if you want to hear it perfectly, go listen to the album. If you want to... Just have an unpredictable moment that you don't know what song they're going to start or finish with. You know, they may start with Dark Light, but it may not end there. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it for what it was. That Ace was bringing the rarities again because Kiss wasn't gonna. Well, if I had any uh, thing to add to Ace's performance uh, is that Phil Schaus, Ryan Cook, Jeremy Asbrock, and Matt Starr were just fantastic amazing band you guys are on top of it love you to pieces uh cannot say enough good about them uh ace if if i had any advice for ace it's like when you're singing don't worry about playing the guitar let those guys handle it there's nothing that uh they're not already playing you know what i'm saying so just concentrate on getting the lyrics out and if he doesn't have an inner ear monitor he should if 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 there's not uh, anybody not having a uh, teleprompter at this point, I mean it, it it makes your life so much easier. Come on, everyone. I don't care who you are. If 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 you have a chance to get a teleprompter, do it. You know what I mean? It's 2018. It's not like it's super fancy technology. Everyone can do it. Those are two things that would really help Ace out. Other than practicing his solos, he's He's Ace, you know. I was going to add a third thing. If you put the teleprompter where Ace can actually see it, that yes. really helps. Because yes. that was the problem with Dark Light on yeah. uh, the second night show. As he, <laughs> you know, hilariously mentioned that uh, someone has stuck the lyrics down for him on three separate sheets of paper, mind you. And they were like eight feet away from where he was actually standing. So he's like, I'm looking down over here. The weir- I'm having to look up to, you know. You know? So yeah. get things get things set for your guy with all the tools that he needs. Yeah. Uh, where he can actually use all of those tools properly. I also think, you know, just going back to your comment, Ken, which is astute, right, about like, don't don't worry about playing while you're singing, Ace. It's just, just sing. I almost wonder if he needs to practice not playing because as the, you know, as he's a guitarist first, right, and a vocalist second. Right. And, and I wonder if that's just kind of naturally, automatically what he does is he keeps playing. 
uh, and that the singing is almost like an afterthought. He needs to maybe practice, you know, take your hands off the neck and like just sing. Well, here's Ace Fraley with the Gene Simmons Band Live. That's kind of a weird statement at this point. I'm going to just call it the Ace Fraley Band Live. <laughs> nice. With uh, Ace, Phil, Jeremy, Ryan, and Matt. So check it out. Cream makes your recipes their holiday favorites. The holidays are made with Philly.
So a question I have is what happens now? That's A. And then B, Peter Chris question mark? You mean for the next cruise or? I, I think I just mean moving forward, not just for the next cruise, but, you know, there, there certainly were people talking about, um, gee, if this is the end of the road, are we going to see more guest appearances? Um, people were, you know, Paul himself had mentioned, gee, it would be a shame if here we are doing this end of the road thing. And, and how could we not include prior members? I don't know if this is like, I don't know if he, if they look at this event, this cruise and say, oh, check, we did it. Or what's to come, right? Right, or what's to come. Um, and again, certainly, I would think that Peter Chris might or hopefully would factor into all of this. I don't know what the state of play is. Julian, I'm interested in what you might think. Yeah, I would hope that Peter Chris would factor into this in in some respect, <clears throat> because as an original founding member of the band who predates Ace's involvement with the group, um, respect needs to be paid to him. However, it, how retired is he? And what does Peter want? What does Peter need? How does Peter want to be honored? The Kiss Cruise has just been proven to be the perfect opportunity for Peter Chris. If he could be persuaded, uh, paid enough to come on board after attending the Cutting Room show in New York, I could just see Peter being able to do a set like that on the cruise and just blow everyone's mind. And who knows, maybe even sit in with uh, Kiss during their acoustic set, just like Ace did. And imagine if you had Ace on the boat, too. And then next Kiss Cruise 9, it was Ace and Peter joining for the six-man Kiss experience during the acoustic set. But I really think that if you had Peter Chris doing his big band little club show like he did in new york city last year um for all the people to enjoy that who couldn't be at the cutting room or in melbourne when he did the same it would be incredible and gg and peter would get a beautiful cruise out of it and you know maybe be able to do some private um you know snare drum things like eric does and uh business on the side so i would love for for Peter to be involved, or at least to be invited to be involved. And who knows what the case is. Uh, I just think Peter needs to be shown the same respect that Gene and Paul are getting as they approach the end of their road because he was a part of that you know, magical four. One can only hope, right? Uh, when you think about it, we are starting to see Kiss stock. I mean, that is what the Kiss cruise became this year. It really was Kiss stock. You got to see this incredible band with Bruce doing songs that you thought you'd never hear again. Uh, then Ace Fraley doing some other songs you never thought you'd hear again. And some really great moments. Now, again, we mentioned Bruce Kulick being the real MVP. But my God, my God. <laughs> Brent Fitz, Todd Kern, Zach, and uh, on bass and vocals. Just amazing. There's not much I can say about it. I can tell you that I never thought I'd hear those Carnival of Soul songs like we did. Sword and Stone. I mean, who in their right mind would ever have thought that? Or King of the Mountain.
just the strong survive. Carnival of Souls stuff just sounded so, so good. And I, I really hope that uh, we get Bruce Kulick's Revenge, that yeah. it's, you know, it's a theater tour or whatever, just maybe at the Expos, where he brings out a band and does a, a majority of Carnival of Souls and a majority of Revenge and just rips, you know, whether it's Eric Singer on drums or Brent or whomever. Um, Todd Kearns is an absolute monster. I believe he played bass last year, and this year he was on guitar yeah. and singing as well. And the or as he's been called Tall Stanley. Tall Stanley. I, I mean, they do so much respect to the catalog that they perform. Bruce is just bang on with his performance. And to watch him, you know, side on, smiling, performing his way through this set. And he, he does a little bit of rapport with the crowd. And he is, you know, he, he's actually very good with the audience. You yeah. know, he just speaks where he needs to. And then he lets the music do the talking for the vast majority of the show. And he just plays his fingers off. And he, he just never seems to have an off night. He's always one of the most approachable people to come out of that band. And he flies that flag for that era, for his era. And that's the era that I became a fan in. So I'm always proud to see Bruce up there. I'm always thrilled to hear the sets. And they're the ones that I look forward to, you know, reliving a lot more in some ways than going back to the Kiss show on this, on this cruise. Bruce Kulick, the real MVP. It doesn't get much better than that. Wow. All right. Some of you guys love this record. Some of you don't know what the hell it is about. Okay. Don't blame me if you love it. Yeah. But if you do love it, I, I, I do appreciate your appreciation of it. Okay? Of course. But it is some of the craziest stuff the Kiss ever came up with and ever could come up with. And I think Woo! you know what record I'm referring to. So we're going to try something from that. 
what an incredible set list. You know, Julian, it sounds like it was an amazing time. Uh, the Kiss Cruise never truly disappoints, even though, uh, as we talked about, you know, the set list for the electric shows left much to be desired. It sounds like the overall experience, particularly the stuff with the the past members of Kiss and sort of the the, the team up lineup of of six guys on stage together, all of that um, was magical and uh, lightning in a bottle. It'll you know only happens once kind of things. Um, plus, of course, like you said, the experience of being together with so many brothers and sisters from other mothers. Uh, that's the magic of the Kiss Army. So, um, sounds like it was worth it. Sounds like you had a good time, and I'm incredibly interested in what's to come me too it's going to be a damn crying shame if bruce kulik's revenge or whatever he wants to call it is not the opening act on the end of the road i, I don't i don't know how that would actually work to be honest and I'm, I'm kind of not sure if that would really be the right thing to do on the end of the road to to make it that that kind of package it all comes down to ticket sales I wouldn't be surprised to see the dead daisies involved yet again, but uh, you know it would be a wonderful package to take on the road. Just imagine that you had Bruce and another Kiss guitarist as well. Just think of that if you took the Kiss cruise on the road. Doesn't seem like it's all that improbable, but I guess time will let us know, right? That's the great thing about Kiss, Ken. Anything is possible. Everything is possible. We just we just never know, and everything can possibly be screwed up as well. I mean, this is Kiss. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy all that video that's up on YouTube. Enjoy all those conversations and debates and, yeah, even arguments about this cruise. Enjoy it all, because the end of the road is far closer now than it's ever been. And you know what? It's getting closer and closer and closer with each passing day. You are on borrowed time now more so than you ever have been in your life. It is, the clock is ticking. So everyone needs to think about what they want out of their personal history while Kiss is still an active, vibrant, living being. Because come that last show, as they keep saying, that's it, they're done, they're off the road. Well, forget Kiss. I mean, look at you, right? The individual. You, listening. Yeah, you. Tap, tap, tap. Yeah, you, the person I'm talking to, uh, the person that's listening. You are a limited collectible. you got to open up your package and start using it because it's time to let it uh, off the shelf and make it a real thing, right? This is it. Yeah, we've been... We've been losing fans all through, you know, every year, more so now as the Kiss Army ages. We're losing rockers on a, you know on a basis that's just you you turn around and there's another one gone todd youth just passed away obviously enjoy it all as gene simmons says every day above ground remember it live it thank you i wish you all the best thanks remember the best holiday in the world another day above ground day don't Mm. wait and don't look at the calendar to say oh today's uh, Mm. tie my shoelaces day Mm -hmm. best holiday you can have is waking up in the morning god bless you all Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. So by now, the turkey leftovers are probably all gone. The Black Friday's come and went. Cyber Monday's come and went. But here we are. Oh, absolutely. It'll go with the stuffing. It'll go with the mash and hopefully the gravy. (laughs) And we would like to dedicate this episode to the memory of a young man, a a, a real fun member of the KISS Army, Christopher Batsell. I really don't know what to say, Julian. What can you say? It's a young life wasted needlessly uh, for anyone who has read the news reports of what occurred to this young fan. 
it's just a terrible, terrible waste. And my condolences, and obviously the condolences of many in the KISS Army, in fact, everyone, I would hope, uh, go out to him, his family, his friends, the people who knew him intimately and on a daily basis, and those who he crossed paths with. Um, there's been a lot of talk about just how bubbly and gregarious he was particularly at the indie expo where he was celebrating his birthday and you saw photos of just the smiles which are the memories which people will have to carry with them for the rest of their days of this young man and to to live and make his life worth it so on behalf of myself and gary and everybody here at the podcast we want to send our love to his family his friends and anyone that knew him Again, you know, I, I'm just sitting here kind of shaking my head. It it, it just still hits that, uh, again, didn't have the personal interaction with him, but it's just a story that too many people suffer. And, you know, what what can we say? Don't run from the police. Don't drink and drive. Don't do stupid stuff. You may take someone else's life, and this is a prime example of it. I was lucky enough to meet him at one of the Gene Simmons solo shows in St. Louis, and... It was fun to hang out with him, and he always had a smile for everybody, from what I can tell. And he just had a, a fun, unique way of looking at things, right? He was really great to meet, so he passed away way too young. We send our love with you, and we will see you at the end of the road. See you on the other side, Christopher. We want to thank you for dropping by the Podkiss headquarters here today. We will see you all on the next episode of your Podkiss. We have some cool stuff that we're working on, right, Julian? We have indeed, and I think people are going to look forward to well, should be looking forward to it if they knew what it was. I certainly yeah. am. So we will let that tease just hang there, and we're going to be doing some stuff that will it'll be branded so that you know that it's slightly different but the same from uh, the po- from your podcast, right? It's it's going to be a really neat way to look at Kiss and where we've been and where we are. So. And, of course, if you want to hear more from Julian and the fine folks over at the KISS FAQ podcast, Julian, you want to tell people where they can hear all about that? Yeah, you can find us on Spotify now. And if not, head over to KISSFAQ.com, whack podcast. That's right. And, of course, sending out our love to our sister show, The Kiss Room with Matt Porter and the Kiss House Room, the, the, the Kiss Room House Band. And, of course, there's Joe Polo and the gang over at Podcast Rock City and Pot of Thunder and everybody else and anyone I'm forgetting to mention. Check them all out. Andrew Scambetti and Jason Herndon with their show Kiss My Wax. There's so many great Kiss podcasts out there, and it's, it's great to be part of this with you all. There we go. All right. Well, thank you for being here today, Julian. And on behalf of Gary, myself, and the rest of the group, we hope we passed our audition. And we'll see you all on the next episode of your podcast. Say goodbye, Gary. Goodbye, Gary. And Julian, thanks again for joining us. Say bye, Julian. Bye, everyone. Thanks a lot for having me back on the show, Ken. I'll uh, send send me the cleaning bill. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. 
And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulik, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkist crew, thank you for listening to Podkist, the KISS fanzine for your ears. <laughs>